0: G'day guys, welcome back to The Montana Project. This episode we have a good friend on, Luke Anthony. We speak a bit of business, a bit of fitness, and a bit of Aussie slang, so hopefully you enjoy it. Remember to rate and follow.
1: How's your day been anyway? I spoke to you about what an hour ago. Yeah, about two hours hour ago. ago yeah,
2: well, I brought it a day forward, didn't I? Yeah, so I'm pretty bars yeah. under the pump. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I've had a good day. Well, yeah. how?
1: Sorry, how did that go down? Because I thought you had the other, the other. Yeah.
2: Job. Well, it's been pretty crazy time. Yeah. So last week. Uh, or the, for the last sort of couple of weeks, I've been figuring out, I guess, my next steps, what I want to do career-wise. Mm. Um, and at the start of the week, I had two options: one here and one in New Zealand. Mm. Um, and pretty much every day, I changed my mind, and I thought I was going to do the other one. Mm. And then, so Thursday night, I think I, I don't know when I spoke to you last, but definitely Thursday night, I was definitely staying and definitely going to do the Gold Coast option. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, um, sort of, I got more details of the New Zealand one, and again, changed my mind and locked it in and signed the contract and. Yeah, I'm off to uh, off to New Zealand. So yeah, yeah, that's when I made that decision.
1: Well, we'll definitely touch on it in a minute. But first of all, who is Luke Anthony? Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> big, a... <laughs> big question, but yeah, well, tell us um like where'd you grow up?
2: Yeah, um, so grow up in Tassie. So I spent the first 18 years of my life um, in Tasmania. Pretty pretty standard sort of growing up. Um, it was pretty cool. I live we lived out in a small suburb called Relbia and had 18 acres to play on. So. Mm-hmm um i grew up with two brothers which was like yeah always you know a lot of fun and plenty of activities so we had motorbikes you know we'd climb trees um would be running around kicking the soccer ball skateboarding you know doing things as as young kids should so um yeah had an awesome growing up sort of upbringing in uh, tasmania um you know really into my sport um did okay at school knew probably i was going to go to university didn't really think about too many other options just thought that's the way it would way it would go so um, decided at the end of year 12 I wanted to go move to the Gold Coast um, to study or at Griffith University and then um, yeah so I've been here for eight years now so I had a four-year degree stayed on campus for a couple of years which was really fun yeah and yeah. Uh, and then yeah sort of I started in Southport and I've just moved further and further south down the coast as, <laughs> as I've stayed here so yeah I've been here for I think this is my eighth year now.
1: Living, living on Uni Village must be unreal because, like, I've spoken to the boys. I know, like, when Amy was there at the same time, I was pretty much letting them know how, like, fun it looked. And I was like, it's pretty much like schoolies continued all the way through. Yeah, genuinely <laughs> and, everyone, and, like there's always someone that can, like, is keen to drink with you, no matter if it's, a, like, a Tuesday night or whatever. There's something yeah. on.
2: and all the all the uni nights are the random nights. So, it mm-hmm. is always, like, a, a Monday night. They'll do a special at a, at a certain club in Surface. So, yeah. like, all the university students would be out on a Monday night and when no one else is. So, yeah. <laughs> it's always the most random nights when, like, people are, like, you know, in, a, in bed early, ready to go to work and wear out the party, yeah. which is pretty funny. So yeah. That was a
0: great regret that I had was, because I went to uni on Griffith, so I just didn't stay on campus and I believe yep. not lived the uni life. Yeah. Pretty much just worked. Well, that, Came that was into what was... class here and there and then went home.
1: Yeah, I think the availability of having stuff online like when you're like oh yeah, I can just watch, watch the lecture online or whatever, but yeah, seeing that sort of stuff is pretty cool. And then all the all the events that the the um what were they called the the, the RA's and stuff. Oh yeah, the RA's so held yeah. yeah,
2: the on campus events, yeah. Um yeah, they were they were awesome. So there was they were all pretty much There were a few throughout the year, um, but they were all pretty much surrounded around Mm. O-Week. And then they also had like a, um, a ball each year, and then they also did something for race day. And the race day event was probably the best one of the year. That, that's, that, and that's where like a lot of other people that aren't on campus come in as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you, um, get experience yeah you start early in the day and you've got like a, a drink package, which never ends, yeah. and, um, <laughs> even though the beers are warm. But yeah, yeah it's, it's one of the best events. You pretty much don't see a horse all day, but you seem to have a good time. <laughs> There's races here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And somehow you've got to bet on them, but you've never seen, or seen yeah. a race. So yeah, yeah. You know, it's good fun.
1: Do you know when you're going to, like obviously coming up from another state, do you know who's going to be in your room? Like, do you know anyone who nah, No, nah, you don't at all. So up you,
2: and... you choose, um, shit, so it's a while ago now, so I can't even really remember the process, but I know you had to pick out of, say, like a, a one-bedroom apartment, a three-bedroom apartment and a five-bedroom apartment, say, mm. um, and the one bedrooms were like ridiculously priced for, mm. for what they mm. were. So most people went into like a, a five-bedroom apartment and then it was just, yeah, like a lottery, <laughs> see mm. who you ended up mm. with. I still remember the first day sort of walking through the door and it, like as soon as you walked in there was the couch and there was this some um, guy like half naked on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just sprawled out and I was with my dad and I'm, I'm like shit this is my roommate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah. How's it how it go cuz like you're relatively clean and that sort of thing. How do you how do you deal with that? you yeah. just sort of yeah, Sacrifice definitely. Some.
2: Yeah, I couldn't be there now. That's for sure. Really? I Had um. Yeah, I was there for two years. Yeah. And the and the second year definitely dragged on. But um. No, it's it's good fun. You're sort of in that time where you don't really care about maybe those sort of things as much, and mm. and they're like really basic sort of setups. Like the kitchen is um, so easy to clean. Like it's all concrete. Like it's pretty much made for parties and, yeah. and making a mess. <laughs> so. Um. But yeah, definitely, especially living with five people you don't know, like. It's, yeah, it's challenging after after a while, if, if, especially if you don't get along well. So yeah, yeah I think like when you get older, roommates get more and more challenging. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Once you've once you had your own space and that sort of thing as well. Yeah. Well, did you have any favorite memories? Like obviously there's a lot of parties and stuff. Probably probably a lot of memories yeah, you can't actually out. remember. But <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> was there any stuff? There's a on? lot of probably shouldn't bring on air either. <laughs> <laughs> Who
1: was the one... Someone broke their ankle. Was that you or was that someone else?
2: Uh, that was someone else, yeah, yeah. So there was a guy that jumped off the second or third story at a party and, oh. yeah, broke their ankle. But um, I always wonder,
0: what, like, what goes through your head to actually be like, yeah, yeah this, will actually, this will be good, this will <laughs> yeah, be yeah, fun. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah, this will end out well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. this will always end out well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't think too much was
2: going through, yeah, that guy's head. But, um, yeah. Nah, in saying that, I know I was touching on before about the roommates, but yeah, I met so many like legendary people that, like going there, so it was yeah. such a good experience to to live with the people that I live with. I was I was really lucky, and even um, the people that were just staying there as well, like it was awesome, such mm. a good experience to meet people. But my favorite memories, um, yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> There's, I mean, early days was. Like because you're going out when I first got there, we were going out four times a week, like, yeah, which is just crazy. Like, that I can't even imagine trying to do that now. So, Mm. I feel like we were making crazy memories like four times every week. Is it (laughs)
1: coming up from Tassie as well? Like, is it a big step up because there's a lot more people, yeah, definitely, especially
2: from from Launceston? Like, yeah, more people, um, and just completely different, like, Mm. lifestyle and nightlife. Hmm. Um. So
1: every chick that's out's not your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no comment. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So
2: no, it was it was awesome. Um. Definitely, when I first came up here, it's funny like how your perspective and mindset, mindset sort of changes over time. But when I first came up here, I was like, oh, how good surface, yeah. <laughs> how good surface yeah. paradise. But um, you look at it now. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sort <laughs> of <looking laughs> it down, I haven't been. I haven't been, like into surface for. For ages, but um, not saying I wouldn't, but um but yeah, I haven't been there for a, for a long, long time, and I'm pretty happy to keep it that way for now. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Um,
2: yeah, favorite memories would be mainly those events. Like the, my first O week was incredible because I had um, I was up. Who I think it was three people from Tassie came up with me, um, so I was sort of like just experiencing this whole new world um, with three like good friends um, with everything that came along with it. So that they probably like the best memories, and then. Uh, yeah, Griffith Race Day. That was a. That's all. They're always crackers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now I heard uh, there was a rumor at some stage that there was a fight club on top of the car park.
2: Is that true? I think this might have been pre-me because I, I I was hearing these rumors as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. Yeah, I but I would like to leave the rumor sort of alive, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm gonna say I think it was real. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. that's the first yeah. rule about fight club. Yeah, though. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I know when I like when I first met amy she was living there and like it was funny as because like i'd I'd sort of rock up and i think she was staying with like darky and like two other blokes and stuff as well so it was kind of i would have
2: been there then but not not yeah yeah i think you were
1: you were the one behind or something like that. but yeah it was funny as because you're rocking up and then i remember like the first um halloween party and like i thought i was broke as a first year apprentice (laughs) And then I had someone come up to me and ask me for like $2 coin at like no at way. the bar. It was, it was, um, well, I probably shouldn't name him, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, one, of, nah. one of the other If room. they're doing that, they what, deserve to be Yeah, honest. one of the other rooms. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, sweet. Like, it's all good. I'll, I'll help you out sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, I got told afterwards and they're like, no, no, he's loaded. He's just stingy. So I was oh. like, oh. It's funny. I've got a few like names running through my mind. So I think yeah, I could yeah. have guessed that yeah. maybe. <laughs> So what did you Wait, study at uni?
2: Um, so I studied a Bachelor of Business and a Bachelor of Commerce, majoring yeah. in Management and Accounting. Yeah. 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 So four years. Um, I don't know. Uni's like, it's a weird one. It's, I, I, I never really, like, I definitely don't look back on it and go, geez, that was worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't. Yeah. Like, I, I feel... And this is what I try to tell people now is like you learn everything that you need on the job. It doesn't matter what job you're going into. Like I, I know there's certain professions that you need, um, you know, a degree for, which I think are really important, maybe like medicine or mm. law or those kind of things. But um, yeah, there's a lot of jobs that have university, university degrees that, I don't know, are just a bit of a waste of time and a waste of money in my eyes.
1: Do a lot of companies just, Disregard you completely unless you can show them that you have that degree. Like,
2: yeah. is that the initial? Yeah, step? definitely, definitely. And yeah. yeah, that, that's what it's there for, I think. And that's what a lot of people say. It's it's for that piece of paper that you get, you mm. know, after the three or four years. Mm. Yeah, which is your, I guess, your ticket, you know, into the like into the doorway. So to yeah. get into those opportunities. What was your
1: one, Corey? What is, what's your actual degree?
2: Uh, mine was a commerce. As commerce. As well. Yeah. yeah.
1: So what do you define commerce as, like, how's it different yeah, it's, from business?
2: It's, yeah, no, it's pretty much the same. It's, you guys it, don't know? Sort of, <laughs> yeah, 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 good question. It just uh, a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, I think that's why a lot of people do it. It definitely seems, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but it definitely seems like a step up on business. Yeah. So for the business people out there, I do business as well, so I'm not hating on that <laughs> side, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I think, I, I can't remember exactly, but it was definitely like accounting, finance, um, economics, and something else was commerce, and then yeah. there was like management, uh, marketing, um, entrepreneurship and a whole range of others that were, that were business, so they were sort of split up that way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. But I couldn't give you the
0: exact definition. <laughs> no, I knew that. No, I wasn't even sure. I'm just like, yeah. Uh, sounds like <laughs> something I want to do. But now I'm stuck here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did yeah. you major? I did financial planning. Oh, nice, major. nice. And you're and working it, in that now? Tax. Yeah. Oh, epic. Yeah. yep. Yeah. So yeah, I've been doing that for the last couple of years. Yeah, nice. How's it going? Good. Stressful. <laughs> yeah.
1: Has it changed in the current market with like obviously COVID and all that sort of stuff as well? But um, has it affected or like yeah, it's more of you become like a psychologist for
0: clients. Like oh, I don't yeah. deal with clients because I need to still do like another exam, mm. an ethics exam. Mm. Um, but from what I've seen, it's more of just like you're a psychologist now. And like and you're just keeping people happy when the market was first of that crash. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like because people want to sell it. And then obviously, Panic. yeah, they take all their losses, and then yeah. the market recovered fully, pretty much. So a lot of it was just trying to explain to people, yeah, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just settle We'll get there. Like <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. most of the calls. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's been fine. It's more of just like you got the royal H- um, Hain commission. Yeah. Who's just made it so much more compliant?
2: Really? Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. like change it completely, didn't I, a few years back? Yeah. yeah where yeah. you just like the amount of work. To be able to actually provide advice, ten like ten times what what it is what it used to be. So it's like a lot the of certificates
1: like, required and yeah, stuff like
2: or that. certificates, but also just like the the evidence that you have to provide for why you're giving that piece of advice to that. Oh client. really? You have to have it. You know, very tight.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, because one of the segments that we were considering is like not financial advice for this, and like <laughs> things that we're great. interested in in investing and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to-? that'll go with me. Yeah, a tri- say it all. It's a tricky one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just inside trading or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that like bit. when you, when <laughs> when you Corey first started out, like you were dealing with lots of money at a time, and it sort of made me think about how like a lot of large businesses operate with. I wouldn't say underpaid, but like young people starting out. Like, look at McDonald's, like one of the biggest companies in the world, and majority of people that work there are like 13-year-old, like yeah. acne-ridden kids, <laughs> sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, a lot of a lot of companies. When you start looking into that, it's like they they have so many young people that are just not really qualified, but they kind of just learn on the job.
0: Yeah. Well, that's when I first started the old job because we we're dealing with high net worth people. Mm. I just remember trying to place a trade for somebody I'm just looking at this like a few hundred thousand like <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing it. like I'm Shit. scared I'm gonna screw this yeah. up somewhere and just get absolutely roasted for it. Yeah, so i to, like check it ten times, just yeah, look I'll be checking it, that like, number over and over yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's the right now manager. That makes
1: yeah, it's funny how doubt can creep in once like the stakes are higher, and you just you're still checking such a simple task that you would have done every other time. Yeah,
2: you've probably done it like a thousand times. Yeah, but yeah. yeah you double. Each- yeah, it's crazy how that works, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So went straight out of uni. What did you do? So
2: what? Well, so I had a couple of different jobs while I was at uni. Mm. I um <laughs> when I first got up here, I was lifeguarding at Wet n Wild.
0: Yeah. Um, nice.
2: <laughs> which was good fun. Um, I was. It was. It was. The idea of it was more fun than what it actually was, actually. <laughs> there was actually, especially on the wave pool, like, if you had to guard the wave pool, which there's usually probably about six people, so three on each side every time, um, and because you get, the, like, the the... the the wave goes flat so Mm. it's very easy to swim in it's Mm. pretty shallow all the way out to the end and then there's a siren that goes and it's like a warning it's like the waves are coming on and when the waves come on it comes up to like a meter to two meters up the back Mm. and they're sort of rolling so people get in a lot of trouble because they're they're out the back and they think oh how good's this you know it's flat (laughs) I can touch like I'm fine and they're you know not very confident swimmers and as soon as the wave pull comes on like the lifeguards start to freak out because it's like shit here we go we're about to jump in so I reckon I, I jumped in probably yeah, two or three times a shift. Really? <laughs> Again, yeah. So that was yeah, what, the wave I thought, yeah, I would have thought that you wouldn't have gone in much. Just... Nah. On the other, like on the other rides and stuff, you you don't really you're not doing heaps. But yeah, the wave pool was always the one where you're like shit, I need to focus now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and then so yeah, worked there for a year and then decided I need to give up my lifeguarding career. Um, <laughs> and I was like, and I don't know why. I don't know what even know what I was thinking at the time. But like, yeah, I'm gonna go in and do retail. <laughs> so yeah. I went into City Beach. But it wasn't just any city beach; it was the outlet store at Harbour Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, that was pretty hectic. Yeah. <laughs> um, funny a few funny stories there. Definitely chased out a few people trying to um that have that had been stealing. Yeah. And, and then yeah, realizing the was going off and you're running, you know, halfway down Harbour Town trying trying to catch <laughs> yeah. them, um, which is yeah. funny. So
1: I I worked at the Helensville one. I reckon I was oh, whatever the youngest you could be like thirteen and nine months or whatever it is and. Yeah, I remember being a 13-year-old kid and for some reason they put me on like women's bikinis at the front of the store and, and on the that door and I was, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, And I was like, I was checking bags and stuff and I was like, I don't know why they want me at the door asking and you get kids that like would walk out and when I said kids, it was, it was the same same ages yeah. yeah. and then you'd like get people that you'd go to school or uni with coming through. And
2: yeah, exactly right. No, it surprised me how often it happened. It actually, yeah, it mm. really surprised me.
1: We used to play a trick on, like, each other when we were working. So, you know the soft tags? Yep. They're, yep. like, those little sticky tags. Yep. Yeah. So, we'd, like, put them on the back of someone's shirt or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then and when they go to, like, leave for lunch or leave for a shift or something, just all be beeping and they'd be, like, searching everywhere I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> Classic stitch-up.
2: Yeah. Being, um,
1: being um, paid for our time and doing a lot of work, clearly. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly.
2: Yeah, so I was, I was there. Yeah. Um, probably not too surprisingly only for a bit under a year so I wasn't there <laughs> too long and then I was like right I need to I need to grow up now Start enough with these jobs I um, need to get a real job so I went um, into an accounting firm so I just um, got my resume went door knocking around Southport to every accounting firm and just tried to get a, a meeting with uh, the boss and um, a couple hit me back which was good so I started at one in one of the larger ones in Southport and I was there so that was I was probably halfway through my degree then um, so for the last two years of my degree, I did probably three days working there. And then when I finished, I just went into full-time. So I was quite lucky. I didn't have to do that sort of graduate stress of trying to find a, a, a graduate program or a full-time job, or those kind of things, because I just already had one. So yeah, it worked out quite well. But I think I sort of realized probably a, a year after that, that 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 wasn't really what I wanted to do. But mm. yeah, no, it worked definitely was um, it worked out for the start.
1: So when, because you obviously had high smile after that, was that? Yeah, yep, yep. yeah correct. So were you we working in accounting with them?
2: Uh, yes, yeah. So I, it, was, it was actually pretty crazy how it, how it happened. So I had, um, I was at, at MBA, which was the, the partnership. Uh, I was there for three years. So it must've been say, yeah, two years sort of part-time, one year full-time. And, um, and I remember this clearly, this is like a vivid memory. I remember being sat down in one of the boardrooms and one of the partners going, you know, you're doing really well um you know we're really excited with you know where you can potentially take this if you mm. know work um you know if you work really hard for the next sort of 10 to 15 years you could be in my position and I just remember like I just remember thinking it's sort of this like slap across the face thing. shit I'm 10. in the wrong seat here of <laughs> 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 um you know you're talking to the wrong guy mate this is I've <laughs> not been here for 10 15 years you know putting in that work and to, to beat you I don't even want to beat you so yeah. <laughs> it was like this like sort of like I don't know, light bulb moment for me. It was like, shit, I need to figure out really what I want to do, because this isn't it. And um, yeah, so I think I spent probably that next week, you know, thinking I was throwing everything against the walls, like, do I completely change like careers? Do I mm. want to do, um, I think I was thinking about going to marketing, like just, I was thinking about everything. And then it was pretty crazy, sort of how the universe works sometimes. So I got a message from High Smile, um, their HR manager, and they said, um, yeah, would you like to come in for an interview there? We've got this internal accounting role. Um, sort of happening at the moment so yeah and i was sort of aware at high small of high smile at the time and and that was sort of a, a space that i was
1: interested in like the startup sort of being mm. involved because they, the they weren't they were nowhere near as massive as they're they were or?
2: decent they were they were really they were um yeah they were they were big they were a big business but they weren't um no they weren't where they were today definitely yeah. they're, they're Did, a big, a bigger
1: in a way of like they the staff and that that they had on at the time wasn't massive, yeah they're probably, they, they're probably yeah, double they're pretty, now in, in staff numbers yeah 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 yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I'd, I'd sort of, I'd had a crack, and I can see you wearing the T-shirt, but I'd had a crack at sort of running my own business. And so the whole sort of startup space and startup world really sort of intrigued me. Yep. So even yep. though I was going into another accounting role, um, I was like, you know, i would pretty keen to give this a try and, you know, see what it's all about. So, yeah, jumped into that. I was pretty much in and out of accounting within like a week and into my new role. And, and uh,
0: I was spent the last three years there. So that no, went really well. Hmm. So a question we... We're asking each other, "Was what do you think made High Smile so so successful?" Yeah, It's a really good w- question.
2: Pretty big, pretty quick. Yeah, massive, massive. Yeah, so they, it's it's a really cool story actually, and and it's awesome that it's like homegrown Gold Coast two lads. Like it's mm. a, it's an epic story. Like it had an impact on you know the global stage really with this business, um, but. I mean, and it's not to to take anything away from them at all because they've done incredible things and they continue to do incredible things. But like like anything in life, it comes down to timing. Mm. And I think a big part of why they scaled so rapidly was um, in sort of the 2014, around that time, influencer marketing wasn't really influencer marketing, what we think of it these days. So Mm. when, you know, big um, sort of superstars or, or athletes or whoever it was were holding products, we're, we're a lot more savvy now. We sort of understand, okay, there's probably a contract behind that. They're obviously getting paid to say that. Um, and we probably don't trust them as much as, as we would have used to probably mm-hmm. back in that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So they, and, and they were really quick onto it. So this is like the, how sort of, I guess, um, forth-thinking they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that they recognised that and, and sort of went all in with all their chips. Um, and, and, and they did really well early. So they secured uh, the, like, the likes of Conor McGregor, um, the Kardashians, Jenners, mm-hmm. Um, Ronaldo, like these mm. big, big people um, that, that was repping smile. So, and that, that, I guess that took them from being, yeah, like, you know, an Australian company to, okay, now now we're global and now we're huge in the US, we're huge mm. in the UK um, and we're growing like a legitimate business and I think probably, probably end of 2014 to say 2018, they like really capitalized on that and they put everything into it and that's where they scaled from, yeah, zero to, to many, many, many millions. So,
1: mm. now they've done really well. Seeing such a successful business and then seeing like the actual way they treat their employees like getting to see behind the scenes to a certain degree of when you guys transferred offices down to burley like that was a really cool facility like you guys had like a gym and a cafe yeah
2: it's epic so so when i started we were in the yeah the mermaid office Mm -hmm. um which was which is still an awesome office it was it was really good but it was very very like startup vibes it was Mm everything like you, you just you felt like you're in the ch- trenches working for the company and, and it felt like yeah it was like the the start of the company even though they'd been there for probably six years by that time or or five or six years mm. um but yeah so when we moved i think it was november 2020 i think it was when we moved to the to Burley office um and that's this office is like state-of-the-art facilities like incredible so it's a it's a completely different feel very professional feel there's a there's a gym a cafe um, studios like big boardrooms breakout areas um, huge screens like it, it's it's a crazy facility especially for the Gold Coast and that's why it's awesome what they're doing because they're bringing I guess um, like businesses and, and I guess facilities that a lot of businesses don't can't bring on the Gold Coast due to size and, yeah. and I guess what I'm trying to say is like um, you get that in Sydney and in Melbourne because of it's, it's it's the cities but you don't get that a lot on the Gold Coast so to have them here and sort of I guess providing that is, is pretty incredible
1: mm. and it's it's the old billabong factory hey it's so billabong's next to it
2: oh, and billabong. then they've put in the the kfc more yeah. recently yeah and then it was surf stitch so i think oh, it was yeah. i think it might have i think billabong like way back when might have been in that building yeah and then i believe it was cult yeah um yes yeah and yeah, yeah. I, remember, I think yeah. it went to surf stitch there might have been one other in between yeah because
1: yeah. Sur- surf stitch now are up in like broad beach hey I'm yeah sure i really think they, they
2: might have even moved again they, they, oh, went, they okay. went to broad beach on the highway there yeah um I don't know, someone, yeah, I thought they were there but someone mentioned the other day that they might have moved but mm. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting way, like I was discussing last night with someone at dinner how a lot of people looking at like buying products and then getting Amazon to hold it and then resell without actually having to like deal with the product too much. Yeah, like absolutely. other than, yeah, so, and, and their use of obviously the internet and social media and that sort of stuff is pretty cool. Yeah, it's
2: massive, yeah. And Amazon pushing hard into that at the moment where they're trying to, I guess, become, like what a 3PL is what a third party logistics company is which mm-hmm. is essentially the people that um, store your product and send it out for you mm-hmm. so rather than you engaging with that kind of company you just send it to Amazon and mm-hmm. you can do like you're saying do all the sort of the digital marketing front and the um, influencer marketing and, and the social side of things create sales and then Amazon fulfill it which is pretty cool so yeah Amazon, it's crazy what Amazon are doing they're, they're taking over the world really what
0: mm-hmm. don't they have drones delivering packages yeah, I've seen in the US or something I think
1: there. so yeah yeah, I think they are, but imagine in some of the southern states and like you get some old school guys. Oh jeez. Um yeah, so obviously finished up with them now. Yeah. So had yeah, had three years there.
2: Um, which was awesome. Like it was it was actually incredible. Um and I had I guess while like For me to move into this next role couldn't have happened without like that experience there and building i guess a really solid foundation of skills but um probably to add a little bit more to that so i went in as as like an internal accountant and then um transitioned um to sort of like a i guess a more overarching role over across um operations uh, supply chain logistics warehousing distribution um and a lot of those sort of pillars um, which was which was really good which sort of gave me i guess. the sort of yeah the toolkit to be able to go at a bigger role now and <clears throat> yeah looking at this next one which is going to be in new zealand which is pretty exciting
0: mm, mm. whereabouts we, in new zealand
2: uh auckland actually so I've, I've, I've been to queenstown never been to the north island i'm getting mixed reviews from auckland so i'd love <laughs> to hear from you to what your uh what your reaction is yeah yeah i've actually never been
1: your, your family's from yeah Boston. mum's side yeah. from auckland oh really yeah but yeah i've never actually been true you up oh, with the yeah no, I'll need some, <laughs> yeah I'll
2: need yeah i need some um, local knowledge
1: yeah, yeah. no, that'll be sick it's a it's an exciting step like I remember when you were first telling me about it and it's, it's pretty cool and like having those several opportunities that you did um, and obviously to to learn under the what, what's the fella's name
2: yeah so Nick and Alex are the two founders yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah and that's why I was really fortunate and built you know like a really good relationship with both of them and I guess got to work with them directly and learn from them and and um, yeah and help them um, you know, build a part of what High Smile is today. So yeah, mm. it's quite cool.
1: Is this new company within the same sort of um, region of of product? Or? Yeah,
2: similar. It's it's another sort of consumer product um, business. So um, yeah, so the com- new company is called um, Zuru Edge, yep. and they're a New Zealand based company, but they have a big footprint in uh, China. Mm-hmm. So and, and then they also have offices in I think they have office in Sydney, but a smaller one, and the US. Um, and they, so Zura Edge is a, I guess, what, what they call like a house of brands or an umbrella of brands. So there's 10 brands under the one um, sort of the one name, Zura Edge. Mm. Um, and I guess what their sort of strengths are is new product development because they, they have multiple brands, but then also their distribution network is, is global. So they're in sort of, uh, I guess, distribution outlets like Walmart, Costco. Um, you know, the biggest sort of retailers in the UK, Europe, and then also in like, say, Coles in Australia and so forth. So um, they're sort of trying to rival, I guess, a lot of those older brands, um, which make up like the the P&Gs of the world and Unilevers of the world. So Mm -hmm. um, when when you trace, I guess, these kind of products back, so think of like, if you walk through Coles and you saw like an old shampoo, I'm thinking like Pantene or something, this is random, but like usually all those products tie back to one company. Right. Um, which is like Procter & Gamble, Unilever and a lot of these like huge companies mm. and what this, this guy's trying to do which is the Zuru Edge is create like a new age um, version of those kind of companies with, with new age marketing um, and I guess like a real sort of social presence to it which is pretty cool.
1: Mm. Being able to utilize like different companies for their, their benefit and obviously yeah. if you have somewhere in Europe and, and it's established then you can distribute quite easily yeah. versus having to create in an Australia and ship over and all that sort absolutely, of stuff. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Yeah, so that's probably the most exciting part is just um, my role will be working over sort of multiple brands, but then not only multiple brands, it's multiple markets, so there could be travel involved. And I guess you're really understanding how, say, this New Zealand company is creating products, but then they're selling it all over the world. So mm. sort of breaking that
0: down is, is going to be quite exciting.
1: Yeah, sick.
0: Excellent. Oh, so you've only moved from Tassie to here and then yeah, the next so, moves yeah overseas. another move, yeah, so... <laughs>
2: I don't I don't know one person in the whole of New Zealand.
0: <laughs> How does that work? Do you need a visa No. you no, So for um
2: I think Australian residents you just yeah you, you, just you do get. like the card that you have to do when you're on the plane like that travel card or whatever and that's just your right of entry and you can work as you like.
1: I wonder whether they, they consider like Aussies coming over because obviously there's a there's a large portion of Kiwis coming over to Australia and mm-hmm. that sort of thing and you you get the stigmas of, like, the scaffolders and all yeah. that sort of stuff. I wonder what it's like an Aussie coming over.
2: Yeah, it's in- it will be interesting. Hey, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm-, I'm-, I'm keen to see people's reactions when I do start speaking. Like, when yeah. I'm in a cafe and, I-, I don't know, I'll drop some, like, Aussie slang or something. I'm just keen to see what people's reactions <laughs> yeah. are. You think they'll love
0: it as much as US loves Aussie? <laughs> nah, no, <everything>. I, <laughs> I can one, only hope. But, uh, <laughs> it's a strange one,
1: like... Yeah, because you hear it day to day. You don't really pick up on it. But then if you went somewhere like that, and then it's not really the most flattering accent. like Australia? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah, <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah, nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the <laughs> colloquial language that we have. Like we were talking about it the other day. Um... Just like strange sayings, like we're not not here to fuck spiders and (laughs) that sort of thing. That's a ripper. You say say that to someone. you know it's
2: funny you say that actually because the the my second last interview so I had I think about six interviews for this role. Yeah. And the second last one was was one of the the probably higher people up, and he was talking about the process of getting it finalised. So because I'd gotten through pretty much to the end, and he said he he dropped that saying. He said, "Look, we're not here to fuck spiders, so we'll we'll get this process pretty quickly." But I couldn't I couldn't help myself at laugh. I thought, "Oh, that's made it over the ditch."
1: Oh man, yeah, there um, are yeah, definitely some strange sayings, I don't think you'd be able to get picked up overseas, like oh, I've seen, even um, some of the people I know that have been over to Europe and that sort of thing, but yeah, I, I don't know whether it's just Australia that has it, or it's just that we don't really pick up on any other countries, but.
0: Yeah, surely oh, you'd have to, like the US is saying, you'd have to have their like, own yeah. slang, <laughs> they're probably looking at us like fuck they're not going to understand this and then yeah, they are wrecking yeah,
1: like, the ones that get just, me to just make no sense like not even that but like frog and toad like the road yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like, this yeah. but it's just random yeah, yeah. The different generation as well like I feel like if you I don't know if you haven't spent much time with the older what is it the, the boomers and the, yeah, the, the greatest boomers, generation yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. classics
2: though hey when you when you start hearing those you're like yeah, i'm gonna pocket that for later <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're gonna have to but start calling esky's chili bins, chili bins. yeah yeah <laughs> or jandles <But> jandals. <laughs> <Yeah, legit. laughs> we
1: have to prepare like a
2: list of like <laughs> yeah things <laughs> like, i have to, have to stay like say daily yeah just say <laughs> them all a every day, day yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but it's funny you even break that down further it's like australia has its own slang but then if you, even if you go to like each person's like mate group it's like, mm. I swear, some of my mates, we have like our own language within like each language. So it's crazy when you even yeah. break it down again. I think anywhere where it's like isolated to a certain extent has their own like yeah. slang, which is pretty, pretty funny.
1: I notice as well, especially with our friend group, like words will get picked up by someone and then they start getting used, like overused. Point in <laughs> yeah. case, elite. I, yeah, I, say, I i say elite I, make, I make yeah i, I make an effort like, not to say because like so yeah, many it's a people a Gold do,
0: thing i hear it quite a bit actually yeah, yeah girl, I, think, I say it at work a lot and the girl turns around she's just
1: like elite <laughs> like, she's like why do you keep saying it yeah. like, honestly because it's, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> elite <laughs> it kicked off a lot with like the footy boys and stuff and then it's just picked up yeah, yeah lock me stand, <laughs> stand, stand by that yeah yeah stand by standing yeah yeah
2: yeah, we, we, what made me think of that is because when I left High smaller we had a fair few of like sayings, like legit was one. Legit. Whenever someone says I it's like, yeah, legit or 100%. Yeah. That's a, I, get, I say that way too much. So, yeah. Didn't that legit
0: come from um, that video, the kid? He's like, legitness? Legit- Do you oh, yeah, I had seen that. Yeah, yeah. That's like,
1: legit-ness. Like, that was <laughs> <legit-ness."> yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. I saw one uh, the other day. Um, no cap, had no clue what he was talking about.
0: Like it's yeah, I feel like real. I've
1: heard that, but yeah, like, is it like no bullshit? No bullshit. No cap. No cap. What's the cap? <laughs> no, this podcast no cap, bro. Yeah. No cap. <laughs> um. Obviously, taking on this job with zero uh, is it going to be a challenge for you and that sort of thing. Now, on the topic of challenges, um, in regards to your training, and unfortunately with your old, um, your old facility at High Smile, you had the gym and that sort of thing, and then you guys started getting into running groups and that, and then you kicked off for a, the 4x4 four four challenge. Do you yeah, want to elaborate yeah. on that?
2: You are pretty happy with your uh, challenge segue there, weren't you? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i was scramble a little bit. Yeah. After that. Um, yeah, the 4x4. Four four. Um, well, you, you know a lot about it as well. You guys doing it. No, well, we right, went half-half. Half. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah, plenty of time to do the like, second half.
1: What is it um, and why did you want to do it? Yeah, it's a good question. and I can't really exactly remember
2: the exact moment we were like this is what we wanted to do but I I remember us being so there was three of us at work so uh, my boss or old boss Nick um, and then my good mate and my roommate Jed um, I think we were just talking about challenges in general and sort of getting excited one lunch and we were just you know talking about like all these things that people have been doing um, sort of more physical sort of challenges And, um, and I remember it was funny we're just like we got so amped talking about this over like a 10 minute lunch. that we were like, like effort. Let's just go for a run right now. Yep. We're like, we've got 20 minutes left at lunch. Let's just go <laughs> for a run. And he's like, right, we're going to run. Oh, I think actually, I think how it happened is, um, back at the time. And this is sort of like a friend through a friend, but, um, Mitch Orville, which I'm not sure he, he did the four by four with us, but, mm-hmm. um, he was running three K every day for, I think he did over a year. Mm-hmm. And he, um, so he, he was running that. So I think we were watching the 3Ks, like on his say on his stories um, that lunchtime. we're like, bugger it, we're going to do 3K and we're going to go as hard as we can and we're going to try and beat his last time. <laughs> so it was just a whole heap of like competitive juices. And then um, we came back from that and I think we were like on this runner's high. And, and, and at, at that time, I'd been reading a book called um, Living With a Seal, which is actually a, it'd be a recommended one for, for you guys for sure, which is a guy named Jesse Itzler, which I think I was having a conversation with yeah, you. On the, about him. I say, yeah, I do about him. But he, um, I guess he's involved with a heap of different businesses, but he's also into like ultra styled um, sort of events. So he, I, th- I think he was doing, and I, I, I cor- this could be incorrect, but he was doing one of the biggest sort of baddest races. And there's one called Bad Water in um, the US, which is like in the desert. I think it's like 200 miles. So it's like a mm. huge race. And I think Jesse was doing it as a team. So he was, and this is like in the book. So he was doing this race as a team. And then he noticed this guy and he, this guy was running by himself. Didn't have a team barely stopped. When he stopped, he had like dry biscuits and just kept going. Like this guy was like a maniac. He's like, and this Jesse bloke was like, I need to meet him. So this is before, and this is before Goggins was even Goggins. So this is like 2008. So Jesse went up to him and and met who was at the time, David Goggins, and when he was probably more in like his SEAL style training. um, And he said to him like, I need you to live with me for 30, like for a month. I need you to, I want you to train me. I want you to follow me around and I, I want to learn more about you. So that's what the book's about. And, and it sort of goes through that whole stories. But um, one of the, the challenges that um, Goggins uh, does for, for Jesse Itzler is this four by four um, times 48, which is four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So it's um, all through the night. And so you, you get up, so you pick your start time. Um, and four miles I think we converted it to six and, six a, half. and a half k's yeah. which yep. is just over but um, so we did better than Goggins but <laughs> 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 but yeah so you see so we starting when we'd started um, it was yeah Nick Jed and Mitch and myself um, and I think we started say 4 p.m on mm-hmm. a Monday and then every four hours after that you were doing six and a half so 8 p.m midnight 4 a.m 8 a.m and so forth and you for guys two days. you
1: guys were doing it during like you're still working and everything yeah
2: yeah so we I think I think Thinking about it, I think when we had that lunchtime run was say the last Friday, uh, sorry, the Friday before, and then we're like, righto, we're doing it Monday. <laughs> Let's roll. <laughs> so we're like, I think we had things on that weekend. We're like, not going to do it over the week. We're not going to waste our weekend. <laughs> yeah. So, so we um, yeah, we started Monday, and then so we sort of timed it, and, and obviously, lucky our boss was doing it with us, so we yeah. had a bit, little bit of leeway there. Yeah. But um, yeah. So we ha- we we started say we did our instead of doing the eight a.m. one, we might have did, done it at like say seven or seven thirty. So we were done by um eight to start working and then we did it at the midday one at lunchtime and then mm. the one um just after sort of 4 30 for the for the one so we sort of worked in between those those slots
0: mm. yeah but um it was yeah, it was full on it's tough hey like i found the hardest part it went we needed 24 hours by the way <laughs> we didn't do yeah. a cool 48 <laughs> i think we did
1: so it's it's 12 runs all up and we did seven yeah so you did just over, just, half, yeah, I just just over. over. Yeah. yeah i just
0: found it getting back into it like you do one run sit down for the next three hours
1: and then trying to just get the legs moving mm-hmm. for the next run
0: yeah that's it, it it's it's just relentless like
1: one, it really is one of the battles as well is like if you if you stay awake and in between it so like the four to the eight obviously we're all having fun you've only just run six and a half k. you're like yeah it's gonna be easy like i remember even when we took off we we were aiming to do six minute k's just to cruise and then it's we started fit. getting into i was like oh man like, like we, walking, we can, yeah. yeah this is almost walking like we could we could pick up the s- speed a little bit and then everyone because they're excited started taking off and then i checked my watch and we we're doing like four and a half and so i'm like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really just that
0: little bit of like just someone could say something you'd be quiet for a few k's and then mm. someone just says some little remark and you're like feel heat better I eh? like yeah, Dils, yeah he was he like was the
1: man with that up. so dylan our friend he rode um I, I think he had he ran the first one and ran the last one but he rode every single other one, like, woke up at midnight, woke oh, up at 4 a.m. Yeah, like, and we were right. running through the park. at like, like, yeah, whatever it was, 4 a.m. or something like that. And we're pretty wrecked. And this is only, obviously, on the first night of it. And you would hear, like, what was, he was yelling out the same phrase from the back. And he was like, yeah. like, like, beautiful form, boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, like, it just hearing that, though, like, the excitement that you get from hearing one of your mates just yelling something out. And, like, actually, one of the one of the best ones as well um jake come down for the midnight one yeah. <laughs> i think he'd had about six or seven beers he, he got,
0: just got
2: tattered as well oh, yeah. was, he, was he running or was he on a bike yeah, yeah no 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 full
1: come down and he's like
2: Man, busy. he said he's like Be i unique. do
1: not and like he lives up um north end of the coast and like yep. he had some beers while i was getting tatted went home and then drove back down for midnight rocked up and like just like i don't think he'd run in a while <laughs> he, he was
0: going good and then we got to reckon the last k and you could kind of just see his breathings change and stuff like, <laughs> oh no and then got past and turned around He just hunched over the
1: bush oh, no. <laughs> on the midnight the one come back well. up. <laughs> yeah. like absolutely frosted though like the excitement we had of seeing him rock up because we were just yeah walking out and it's like it's like the slave walk we're just all walking behind each other and yeah you, you just <laughs> but it is genuinely it was, like that though isn't it the, the, the coolest thing i found was like the smallest glimmer of excitement like we walked out because it, it was really sick we all stayed together at our place here and we'd he'd walk out and he'd make eye contact and just have a giggle because like man like why are we doing yeah, this? Yeah. what <laughs> are we doing i think I, I jumped in on your one yeah um, on the you- second day so, yeah, one so in the morning, which, which I can't remember. Yeah, it was. It, was yeah. The, it was the the um, 4 a.m. one. Oh, yeah, we had a few people involved, actually. yeah. Yeah, like Meg Sutherland from the big yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he's a,
2: he's a jerk. Yeah, well, they're two weapons right there, so they, they definitely helped us yeah. along the run for sure.
1: What was it like getting, because you guys finished up at Burley, what was it like, the feeling of finishing?
2: The last one, mm-hmm. complete? Yeah, or well, just for context for people that haven't probably heard of this or done it before, it's I think it's 78 kilometers in... Uh, two days yeah it's yeah. just under 80Ks yeah um, yeah it was weird it, I think we finished it for the 4pm one and um, it was funny I think we were like yeah yeah we'll go out for dinner after we'll yeah. celebrate <laughs> and stuff but so we got to the end and um, as you can imagine it's, it's a pretty crazy feeling it's like I guess a big weight off your shoulder like you've completed something and it's cool to do it with people too so it's sort of like when you go through something with someone Like, I don't know, you just have this other sort of, like, respect for them, I guess. Mm. And, um, yeah, we are all just sort of, like, brothers in arms at the end, just (laughs) feeling, like, on this, like, crazy sort of runner's high and sleep-deprived and just felt, yeah, it felt pretty cool. It definitely felt like an accomplishment.
1: Did you think that was the toughest part to it, doing the the sleep deprivation or, like...
2: Yeah, definitely. I think it was just and you can see so um like the backstory as well is like that Goggins doing it, it it's a navy seal sort of style training and, and why I think it is is because you only have four hours in between each run so you have to plan your time like meticulously mm-hmm. those four hours so you have to obviously you, you finish your run you have to cool down, maybe mm. you're stretching, maybe you're refueling, then you have to figure out, you know, your sleep. You have to then pack or make sure you're prepared for the, when you wake up, you've got your running gear there um, and for whatever else you're doing after it. So you've only got like, you think you've got four hours but it's really say two hours of sleep because yeah. you're sort of doing things in those other hours. So yeah. I can imagine that's what it would be quite sort of military styled. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, the, the feeling of finishing was definitely a good one and yeah, it was incredible.
0: How'd you go refueling? Because ours was <laughs> huge We were eating <laughs> chocolate we? bars, muffins, <laughs> yeah. cookies. No,
1: you you were talking about um, what's the crosser's name? Matt. Um, Matt Fraser, yeah, Matt yeah, Fraser he eats he like he a smacks,
0: bar. Yeah, heaps of snickers bar Yeah, oh, yeah so, really so we're like, magic. oh yeah, yeah. That's Matt, his secret. Matt Fraser does it.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Matt Fraser it,
2: does it, let's just eat. It's <laughs> funny once you find like something like that, it's just you
1: hang it off. It. It's yeah. just like,
0: yep, this folk does it, so I'm doing it. I just had garbage guts in like the last two oh. three runs. Of yeah, or the so following the following
1: magic. morning, um, we got we got a little care package and we got some McMuffins dropped off. Yeah, <laughs> and we're like, no that's no we won't have it. And then they're sitting. There was probably like a dozen of them on the bench. And then like someone has the bite and like, oh man, that's good. <laughs> yeah, we, we had like two each, and then yeah. we had to pretty much run in like the next hour. Yeah, yeah. And then ne- yeah the next run it was bouncing around, no good. But yeah, I I reckon I was pissing Gatorade as well. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Seriously. Yeah, re- refilling was tough. I think we were eating, I don't know I don't know who looked this up because it, w- it wasn't me, but I think we were eating like white bread, honey sandwiches or something. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> There's like something random, but you were only meant to eat that like before the run to get energy. But for some reason, I think we found ourselves like that's all we <laughs> ate for two days. <laughs> Didn't get any other nutrients yeah. in. So.
1: I feel um, like as well, one of, the, one of the toughest things for myself was the cooling down and the switching off. Like I'd get back from a run and I'd go jump in the shower and I'd, I'd kind of try to take some time away from the boys just to like, settle down yeah, almost because like, it's like any form of exercise that you kind of jacked up after and you're, you're a bit excited and that sort of thing and especially on those first ones because it's all new to you and then yeah and yeah, it's and the you lay, well. lay down and you're staring at the room uh, staring at the ceiling sorry and like you're like all right if i go to bed right now i'll get 56 minutes of sleep yeah <laughs> and i think that
2: makes it worse you're thinking
0: every minute i'm awake is minute i should be sleeping because
1: i have to yeah. be up
2: so soon yeah. yeah i think the hardest
0: was sleeping between eight p.m and 12 yeah agreed yeah yeah and then getting to sleep after the midnight to 4 a.m was all right yeah and that sort of felt half normal like
2: waking up at that time compared Mm -hmm. to like the midnight one I remember my first midnight I was just I must have been like I don't know where the middle of your sleep is like from a deepness level but I was in the deepest spot I remember waking up and I didn't feel awake until like the fourth kilometer Yeah, <laughs> this is after getting changed and getting ready like it took me so long the, the, man
1: i think the mental battle for me was like between the 12 and the four because you you went into that rem sleep or like the just really deep mm. and you feel like you haven't had a break between the runs whereas at least the ones during the day you finish your run you're like all right we went down to the cold pools and like you, do yeah, some stretching you do and stuff, get a massage yeah. gun on yourself and stuff but yeah the ones between sleep you're just like like yeah yeah back up and into it
2: yeah absolutely but that's that's i think that's definitely the hardest part of the challenge and and probably what more of the challenge like the running's tough the physical side but it's like the mental side Mm. from the lack of sleep and just i guess yeah like the relentlessness of just yep you're going for another six and a half another six and a half another six and a half and six and a half is like it seems like a small amount but it's actually a fair way Mm. like it takes it takes time
1: in relation to the challenge of it like Cause you, was your, you did the marathon prior to that?
2: Yeah. So I, I, yeah. So what, I can't even think what year that was, but I'd sort of just been getting into running probably Mm. that year. And I did the July, like back into sort of some continuous running and and enjoying it. And I guess looking for sort of these kind of challenges. And, um, yeah, I did the July marathon, which was actually canceled. Um, but everyone sort of did it as well, which was pretty cool. So on the Sunday, everyone pretty much did it, did it as if it was still going, um and then we did that at the end of august so the start of september was the the, i think i think it was literally like i think one day in august one day in september for the goggins challenge so not long after
1: Mm. did you find coming off the back of a challenge it kind of helped or yeah definitely
2: i think because the the marathon was like yeah challenge personally and then i think i must have been probably in a mindset i was like yeah i'm keen to do something else Mm. and then Mm. when we started talking this that's why i was so easy to go yep this is it Um, this is what we want to try so yeah yeah
1: in regards to the the challenging aspects of running, and, and this is honestly one of the reasons that I got really excited to start the podcast is like when we discussed your Noosa 50, that was one of the coolest stories and I was sitting there like trying to stay involved and listening, but I was like, <laughs> man, I wish I'd started the podcast already to, to get you to be telling this because like I, I was so excited by hearing it and like Corey hasn't heard it yet, so I'd, I'd love for you to tell it.
2: Yeah, so I guess that was probably my my next challenge after that one, which was the 26th of March this year. So Goggles must have been in September last year. Um, but, yeah, it was a 50-kilometer trail run in the Noosa Hinterland. Um, so I'd sort of been running pretty pretty seriously, probably like every day, say, of this year prior to that. Um, but I was doing a lot of road running. So trails is very different. So I, I'd come uh, probably more recent, more uh, sorry, cl- closer to the time. So getting into February, into March, I was doing a, a few more trail runs um but yeah so i think i gave myself and and that's another thing i i sort of really enjoy these kind of challenges um not from only the physical side but the mental side and what it sort of gives you and, and i guess the effect it can have on other areas in your life like that sort of really excites me um so i think i gave myself i, I was running seriously but i didn't book it into like 6 weeks ago so it wasn't wasn't a big um sort of time frame where i was like shit i'm actually running 50k so <laughs> like you need you need to sort your, your shit out but, um, and I'm not recommending that to people to make sure you do do the right, um, you know, the right <laughs> training, the right running. Cause, um, you know, these sort of, all, uh, longer styled, like ultra styled runs, uh, no joke. Yeah. <laughs> and I can say that honestly.
0: Yeah. Do you find trail run different to road running just because you have to kind of focus a bit more yeah. on how you're running and absolutely like the terrain you've got to it's kind so of worry different. about a bit? Yeah, no, seriously. It's exactly that you're, um, you're not
2: only running so much slower just because the terrain's so different but you're also focusing on every footstep so it's pretty incredible because you can go into sort of like this meditative state where you're just so i guess in the now and focusing on every step which is really cool but the same side of that is, is it's quite draining so over like you know long periods of time um, you can sort of, I guess, you know, lose concentration and that's where things can go wrong in trail running. But, um, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely my biggest challenge um, to date for that's for sure.
1: Mm. What's the breakdown of that? Like how long does that take and and at which stages were you finding it the the toughest?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, so was, yeah, so I was in, in Noosa. So I went up the, the day before, um, and sort of went to the start line and that kind of thing. And, um, it's a, it was a pretty big learning experience it's, it's so for me, I, I did it in six hours, six and a half hours, um, which is, uh, I have no idea. Probably work like, day. Probably like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of time. Yeah. That's crazy. Like yeah. just, just to be running. You know, yeah. Yeah. Long. Um, and, and that was probably like, I guess probably middle of the pack of, of like the, the competitors that were there. There were definitely incredible runners that were doing it in like four hours, something. So oh, right. yeah, freaks, absolute freaks. Um, and, and that's pretty, it's, it's like there was such a diverse group of runners so you'd think that you're running pretty much with someone the whole time but the first few you definitely are but you spread out pretty quickly and you're pretty much by yourself sort of in that hurt locker for, for yeah pretty much majority of the six and a half hours I was so um, yeah it was, it was a 7am start um, yeah so I, I sort of you have a, a pack so you sort of prepare that the night before where you have um, you're carrying your own water because there's I think say twenty Ks between water stations. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is a long time, so um yeah i had um sort of like salts in, in one so like electrolytes and then a big pack of water on the back and then had um like multiple gels i think a banana and a few other sort of food things to stay along the way um so yeah so started the run at, at seven and the first 20ks i was loving it it was mm-hmm. like it was amazing it was like mm. beautiful scenery you, i was running probably with someone majority of that first 20 like just yeah thinking how good's this you know I'm doing this (laughs) and then um yeah around that 20k mark I was running downhill pretty quickly and this is when everyone was starting to separate quite a bit um and I I tripped on a tree branch and I just remember going like literally midair, flying and 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 sort of hitting the ground and, and skidding along and grazing my hands and my knees and I cut like my hip and um yeah bleeding out my elbow and those kind of things and I just remember being like it was this sobering feeling of just lying on the ground going shit I've got 30 k's to go here um, <laughs> like, like you've still got a long time play, in here. Yeah, yeah yeah and there's no one around like i was pretty happy that no one saw it but it's like <laughs> there's no one here to help you either yeah so it was um i don't know I, don't, I sort of compare it to this but you know when you're, you're drinking and something bad happens and you sober up instantly mm. it felt like that i was on like this runners high and then i was like shit i need to like you know this is serious so um after i shook that off after about a minute i sort of dusted myself off and i was back running which was which was really good um there was definitely one thing i didn't predict for this run which was how hilly it was going to be and how i guess rough the terrain was along the whole way it was um, a lot of single file like there were trees on either side um, sort of soft sand running and and just a lot of hills so did it, many did it hills. make
1: you did it make you feel as though you're going quicker than you were because it was kind yeah, of so like that's a, a tight track
2: absolutely and that's one thing i noticed when i started trail running is you're running through like these trails and you think like, I don't know if, if you guys run much, but like you think you're running at say a five minute K mm. pace, um, but you're running at six and a half. And mm. it's like, mm. what, like you feel like you're putting the same output, but you're running so much slower. So it's a, it is a definite, like a really different feeling. Yeah.
1: It must be tricky. Cause like when you're on the road, you can kind of get your, your cadence and you get in that yeah, rhythm. Exactly and then right. you're starting to hear like your breathing and yep. like how your feet are landing and that sort of, and all like, I remember um, when I was growing up, when we'd run and there'd be like sections of pathway and, I don't know why, but my brain always fall into how many steps I was doing in each section. Oh, that's cool. And you can kind of like, yeah, but that was, it was it was good and bad though, because like you'd, you'd start knowing if you're running too slow or like yeah, you're running yeah. quicker than you would. But yeah, sorry, continue. No, nah,
2: no, you're right. Um, yes, yeah, so you you yeah, you don't have that luxury in the trails because you're you're always put off by I guess a different footing in pretty much every step, um, which is why it's so exciting as well, because you're covering different terrain, you're seeing different things, and it's I guess it's um you know, not as, as boring as sort of some open road one run, road runs can be. Um, so yeah, so it continued on from there and the halfway point just they obviously placed that, you know, really well. They've put it at the top of like this two kilometer climb, which is like crazy. And I'm thinking shit, we're not even halfway here. <laughs> and it was a, it was a beautiful day, which was a good thing, but the sun was beaming in on this hill and, and it, that was really tough. That was a tough climb um and it was funny at the top of the climb you had to there was like a little bucket and you'd get a, a wristband so you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't cheat your way out of this like you had to go to the top to get this wristband yeah. <laughs> um so that was good so we went up to the top and then um just coming down from there there was the, the next station and um yeah so that, that i remember staying there i stayed there for, for a fair while sucking them in <laughs> mm. <laughs> after that so I, um after that then yeah i was just running back down the hill sort of so our race was an out and back is what they called it so As it sounds, it's pretty much you run out to a point and you run back. And about the 30K marks I was just on the turnaround, um, my watch went flat, which was (laughs) like really devastating at the time because it doesn't sound that bad, but in in these styled events, everything is off time. Like you you, you choose, um, you know, you're eating say every 40 minutes. You're drinking um every every so on so everything and, and and you also want to know obviously how fast you're running and how many kilometers you're ticking over as like a mental thing so for the last 20 k's i had no idea <laughs> i was just in absolute no man's land for how fast i was going how far i had left um, when i should eat when i should drink um, which just threw me out completely. And, and that was honestly the biggest mental challenge I had to overcome for that run. And, and I, and it went low, like it, I, I, I got to some really low points where, um, you know, I thought like, you know, I don't know if I'm I'm either going to collapse out here. Um, like I got to points where I was, you know, looking to try and see where the chopper would land. Like <laughs> I was, I was, I was trying to like figure out escape plans and shit, but, um, yeah, no, I, I battled through, but it was it was it was generally one of the the toughest things I've ever done.
1: Yeah, yeah. so getting to that like thirty to forty k was that you sort of that you're was saying the you're a bit delusional. Yeah, almost, yeah, that was. I think that's
2: when I explained to you the thirty to forty was the the hardest ten because I was I was by myself. Um, I think it was I was the first time I was running without that sort of um, feedback of, of the ro- of the watch of time and um, pace and those kind of things and yeah I was just in hell I honestly was and I was going slow I was, I was walking a bit and and it was just and there was no one around you see so you, you, you honestly felt and when the sun's coming in and you're dehydrated and that's when I ran out of water as well which was because mm. I didn't have my watch I must have been drinking you know quicker than usual and um, it was just it was just a strange feeling because you're running quite slow by then. And you, you know, hundred meters feels like a k. So mm. you you really are delusional in how far you've gone. So you're trying to you're trying to guess. You're thinking I've probably done a k since my watch died, but you might have done five hundred meters. And then you know you do that by the five k mark, you're way out. So yeah. you're sort of playing you know absolute mind games. And it's it's what you were talking about before, like with the, the four times four challenge. Like having those people around you just to say anything like can really spark energy. Mm. And I just didn't have that. I was just in like this state where I was just so far in my in my own head. That I was thinking, you know, I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this, um, and that's that's when my savior came along. There was this this lady, and she's probably like, I don't know, mid, oh yeah, th- I don't know, probably shouldn't guess her age, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> let's say mid thirties, and um, and she's run along, and, and you know, I, I would have looked like an absolute zombie running along, like not looking good, and she just said, just so simply, just, hey, how are you going? Like in in like the, like this nicest voice, and it was just like this angel running by, and I was just thinking. <laughs> I, and I, I don't even know if I said anything, but it just lifted my spirits. And then in my mind, the next thing that clicked over, I was just like, no matter what, I need to run with her for as long as I can. Like she was running in front of me. I was like, I just need to stay on her heels as long as I can, because she's going to carry me out of here. Yeah. So, it's um, probably just
0: your mind playing games on you. She probably wasn't leg- even there. And just- <laughs> no,
2: legit. It's funny you say that. So I saw the same guy run past me three times. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah, so that, and that's that's legit. Like I was... um. When I say I was delusional, I think I actually was a little bit. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Did
1: you have sorry? Did you have any points where you thought you'd quit or like it passed? Yeah, your there definitely, Yeah, I mean, I never. Being, being that far in though, it's like, well, we quit. Yeah. And you're Like, I still have to walk. Back. Yeah. And, <laughs> and
2: that's what it was for me. It was looking around and, and not saying I would have quit anyway. But it was just sort of I was looking around. It's like, I don't really see a way out of this. Like, yeah. Like, no car can drive in here. Like, you, 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 you There's no one around. Like, what does quitting mean? You're sitting down. Like, I need to finish this. I need, <laughs> I need to get home. That's cool. So, um, but no, I was, um, yeah. So once I found her that, that, and it's just crazy and that, that's what I learned from it. Um, probably the most was just the power of your mindset and like your physical body gets to a certain point, but if you're if you're in a good mindset, um, and can, you know, generate positive thoughts and, um, even just like a, a good feeling, it can really propel you forward, which is just, it, it's insane. Cause when, when that lady came for that next five kilometers, um, from say 40 to 45 I was I was cruising and I felt so much better and mm. I couldn't believe it I was thinking how, how am I feeling fine now I Was you know I was looking for extra strategies five k's ago but now mm. I'm feeling all right like so that was that, that was probably one of the biggest things I learned probably something you can draw out into other areas of life is just that, that mindset. If, if you can somehow put a positive twist onto it or, or generate some kind of you know positive direction through it, 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 it you can really help yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she was, like I said, my, my savior. Um, and I followed her for about six Ks and I couldn't keep up after that. <laughs> so the last four Ks I went um, by myself. And, and I, honestly, and, and this is where it's crazy because then I, for that next four Ks, I dropped back into that that mindset again. And I was mm. back into like hell. And it was just because she wasn't there and just because I didn't have someone to like to pace with my run or to be able to talk to or say anything or, and, and I guess all those feelings of, of the pain that I was going through came back. Mm. And, um, and I, <laughs> I haven't said this to too many people actually, but I got to the, um, cause I didn't know how far to go. So that last four K's, I know four K seems like nothing, but. 4Ks was like an eternity for me at that, at that point. Mm. And I got to, um, I, I didn't realize because I didn't know where I was, but at, at, the, at the time it was, I think, a K to go and it was the first person I'd seen in so long. And he was a like a, a race marshal or, or whatever you call them. And he was standing there and he, and he said, you know, well done, 1K to go. And I looked at him and I just automatically started crying really? while I was running. I just, I yeah. couldn't help it. Like it was just this weird, like automatic body, like reaction yeah. that I must've been just like holding so in relieved. all this. Yeah. So I was just like for the next sort of <laughs> 50 meters, just sort of like crying and running, <laughs> <laughs> which I just picture now, there was like a golf course to my left and like cars to my right. They'll be thinking, "Who? what the heck is this guy doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Why is he putting himself through this? But um, yeah. So then once I knew that, yeah, the spirits lifted and I sort of charged home and um, yeah made it over the finish line which was a pretty epic feeling
1: yeah it's amazing how you can go through so much distance and then that final 500 meters or whatever it can be yeah easy. Well, it's like the same
2: it's- thing because it's, it's like you've given your mind you've given yourself security that it's like the finish line's coming mm. so it's mm. like that mental thing but it, we must be able to like tap into that at, at other times it's mm. just that once we realize that finish line's there we access you know somehow the run becomes easier which is just crazy because i couldn't access that between 30 and 40 but somehow in the last 500 meters you know i was bounding home so mm-hmm. yeah that, that was the thing that definitely sort of my, my learnings and definitely the things that intrigued me the most was like how that perspective and and mindset shift can really like affect your physical performance
1: it's cool it's such a cool story to hear as well because uh, even utilizing that for people's life and how they feel and whether they're at that 20k mark and they have had a stack and that sort of thing and it, it, it's as simple as all you need is like a mate to come by and be like how are you going yeah. and like not even in relation to running and that sort of thing but yeah, like part of the reason that we wanted to do this podcast is like talking to your mates and just all, all it takes is checking up and saying how are you going and like a genuine question yeah 100%. that can bring someone up or it can open them up open them up to yeah cry well, while they're running yeah, yeah exactly but it's you're
2: right it, it directly relates to that and that and exactly so yeah checking in on your mates <laughs>
0: mm.
1: yeah no, I love it
2: if you weren't moving to New Zealand would you do the 80 or the 100 um, or yeah so that so there was yeah so there was a on the day there was a 15 a 20 uh, yeah 15, 25 50, 80 and 100 but yeah, it's funny. Everyone, say so everyone, once you've done this, that everyone's question is, "Would you do it again?" Yeah. That, that's what oh, everyone yeah. asks me. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've had that about a hundred times, and, and when I first like heard it, like pretty, it pretty much happened straight after the run. Like someone came up and said, "Would you do it again?" I was like, "I just did it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still crying. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, you're exactly. burning your shoes like I'm out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I pretty much didn't answer people for a little while because yeah. I was like, "I don't, I don't know. I actually don't know." But um, I, th- I think. I think there's something inside me I'm like so intrigued by these type of challenges that I'd definitely like to do it again but in saying that I definitely don't have anything booked in for for 2022 but Mm. oh in saying that I was going to do the the Gold Coast and the Melbourne Marathon but um (laughs) but, (laughs) but, but road's so different like this yeah and they're still awesome feats and there's nothing nothing against that but like a 50k trail is like a, an 80k road run yeah like right. it's just yeah so it's a, it, and that's what I learned it's like you, you got to prepare <laughs> you've got to mm-hmm. you've got to do the work to do these events
1: yeah we got yeah. we got some stuff in the work so we'll, we'll tell you after the episode but I'm, I'm keen yeah. if, you, if you're able yeah, to come yeah. back from New Zealand and be yeah, be good. yeah. get Fly. involved yeah, yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> special guest <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's, that's awesome I think when you can draw those conclusions to utilize in your life as well yeah. in regards to like you taking this job it's like the knowledge that taking on that challenge and it's going to be all right. And like, even if you're feeling like it, it you're in a tough spot, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. All it takes is someone to just be like, how you going? Yeah.
2: yeah. And it really like doing these kind of like, yeah, mental and physical challenges. They really do um, give you, I guess, like a reference point in your life to look back on. So when mm. something does hard happen in your life, which inevitably it does because it's life, um, you look back on it and go, yeah, this is tough, but, you know, I did this or I did that. Mm. So that's what I sort of like about it. It just gives you this sort of like a reference point in life. So when something does get thrown at you, you go, hey, hang on a second, you know, I battled through that 50, mm. so I'll be able to get through this or, you know, that kind of thing, which is cool. So,
1: yeah. Just quick question on that before we sort of wrap it up, but um, honey and banana sandwiches, is that what you ate on the run? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I had um, on, the, on the 50K? On the 50, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had
2: definitely bananas, gels, um i don't know I, th- I actually can't remember if i took a sandwich or not i don't think i did they did have two stations which they had quite a fair bit of food at so mm-hmm. i tried to just have like the lighter sort of stuff like gels and say bananas for um in between the stations which there were only two um and then have sort of like more substantial stuff at those stations
1: yeah because managing yeah. managing all that water and stuff must be it's, hard a, as it's well. actually yeah
2: it's 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 a yeah, it's a full-time job nearly when you, while you're running yeah. like, you're, you're checking the time and trying to figure out when to like properly hydrate and like i said i went through my water when i when my watch died really quickly Mm. so i didn't have water for 5k or i think it was you seven kilometers which doesn't sound like long but that was that was probably an hour at that time and and it was an hour in the sun and yeah so it's it's pretty important like how you
0: time those things cool so uh for each guest we want to ask two questions the first (laughs) one is uh do you recall a favorite failure you can you can rip on yourself if you want, we're yeah. all for it. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. But or Shit. or it could be a failure that you've actually learned something from. Um, yeah,
2: fire out. There's plenty of failures. <laughs> um, that's a tough question. Mm. It's a good question. It's one I'd like to reflect on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think one that I've learned from, and and it's not necessarily a failure, but it's definitely like it's definitely like something that it was that sort of me being going into accounting and, and you know going to doing a four-year uni degree coming out to be an accountant mm-hmm. and then sort of deciding that that wasn't it like that was sort of not me failing at it but it definitely was a point in life where i was like you know you've done four years of uni to, to do this and now you, you get jumping out of it so that was definitely a lot i learned from in, in that pivot and that change in, in direction um but uh, yeah it's it sort of like me doing the wrong thing propelled me to go towards the right thing so it's something i look back on and go that need probably needed to happen but yeah it, it, there was definitely i mean she's failures there's so many there's
0: <laughs> probably a lot i shouldn't say out of here as well <laughs> off the back of that do you think that they should do work experience early oh, in uni degrees yeah rather than 100%. towards the because a lot of like my brother did an engineering degree got it and then hated engineering really is, that's funny yeah, so yeah. my brother's literally going through that right now so I've got,
2: I've got a younger brother of two years and he did the same thing I think like he did a five year engineering degree mm-hmm. so like ages five years of a life.
1: Of and, time and now
2: he's like say three months in and um, yeah and hating like he doesn't he just doesn't enjoy it mm-hmm. and it's like you know maybe you could have learned that t- you know three years ago or five years ago before he started the degree but yeah, yeah it's funny you say that I, I'm a big um, and that's what I tell people when they say because it's so easy to say when, when you want to change what you're doing and move into something else it's so easy to say oh, I'll just go do this degree or I'll just go do this certificate or I'll just go do that but mm-hmm. it's and and you know those things can be important but I always try to say like you know go just go work in it for a bit and see if you like it because three years down the track you'll be kicking yourself if you go do the degree or whatever mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah I'm a big believer in that
1: and also just to jump on that as well like if you do that degree or do that trade and that sort of thing you don't have to get stuck in it yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah one of, one of the best um choices or, or the choices that i'm most grateful for started last year after i finished or finished my time as a chippy and then i went up and just did a completely different trade working up in um Yapoon and like had an awesome time spent like 10 weeks with me old man and like yeah it was really good and completely left center from what i was doing but it was just a chance to almost like reset get away from what i was so so entrenched in and then it, it allowed me to like Sort of correct my course and yeah, yeah. go from
2: there. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Uh, last question. If you had a billboard that everyone could see, what would you have on it? That's another tough question. <laughs> <laughs> um, Surely it'd be something about Zuru now. No, yeah, yeah, no,
2: I'll it's, be it's, putting the Montana project on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny, you did send me that question before, so I had to have a think about it. Um, but I, I thought I was so I, I was at um I was at an event and I think I was speaking to you about this the other day but was, it was Hugh Van Kylenberg. have you have you heard of him before no. so he's um he's wrote a couple of books but one of them being the Resilience Project which sort of actually aligns with I guess this podcast and what you were saying before but he's um this guy named Hugh he's worked with like heaps of um, sporting teams like AFL NRL um, the Australian cricket team sort of on. Um, resilience mental well-being um, like sort of high performance um, psychology sort of strategies those kind of things and he does um, he does a a stand-up event so it's sort of like stand-up comedy but he And he's quite humorous, but he ties in, I guess, all his strategies, learnings into like all um, the stories that he's had. And it's like this sort of incredible storytelling journey that he takes you on. It's really cool. But getting back to the billboard, I thought about it um, the other night. And he, one of his slides, because he went over and lived in India where um, he lived in this Indian village where there was not much at all. It was like, you know, poverty, people living in these mud huts. There was just nothing um and uh, me seeing that at the time was just like this instant shift in perspective so when you said that today I'd instantly thought of that I, I'd put a picture of something like that on the billboard so when you're on your daily commute you're thinking oh life's pretty average or mm, you know yeah. fire I would have to go to work or I wish you know there was no traffic you'd look up at the billboard and go shit my life's pretty good actually yeah you know yeah, I, I, I actually rate my life and you know I'm pretty lucky so yeah having that
1: gratitude's awesome hey like We've um, discussed it a couple of times uh, with that one percent club, mm. and just once a day we just ch- chuck in like three things we're grateful for, and yeah, it, it's really helped me lately. I actually, I had a bunch of tools yeah. nick lately, and um, I couldn't
2: believe your response just quickly. Your your response. So I messaged him going like, I probably dropped a few f bombs. <laughs> so like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, that sucks. And his your response was the most positive thing. Like. Like, I can't even think of what you said, but it was like, yeah, but, you know, things could be worse or something like yeah, that. And I, know. Know. I was like, I don't know, mate. You know, all, your, all your tools just got stolen. So. Yeah. No, but I, I, yeah, yeah I respect that.
1: If you, if you're concerned about it after it's happened, you're just putting yourself through more pain, but. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, look, man, I, I had every other really important tool in my car still and, and still be able to utilize that on Monday when we get back to yeah. work. So yeah, if you, if you can look to those things and like Absolutely. that billboard you have, like you sitting in traffic but you're driving this nice car exactly. and you're and yeah, getting yeah. the opportunity to go make some money and stuff 100 yeah,
2: 100 yeah but no that's for sure you'd really like this this guy because he talks a lot about that and, and one of his strategies for so he has this um acronym called gem which mm-hmm. is g for great uh gratitude um e for empathy and m for mind, mindfulness mm-hmm. um and, and one of the things he says is like one of his strategies every day is uh, rather than three things you're grateful for which is which is really good really good to do but uh, I've done that before and sometimes you get into the trap of going just saying the same things mm. like, I don't know, my home or um, this bed or clean water or coffee or whatever, what family, you yeah. know, all the all the classics. And his sort of twist on that was um, three things that went well today. Mm. So you mm. sort of every day is something different because you're identifying something that's sort of like unique for that day that went well. And, um, yeah, I think that's a really good strategy. So it's cool that you're
1: doing, you know, something similar. Yeah, sick. No, oh, well, we appreciate your time. It's always thank good thank to you. see you. I'm really excited to see how you go in New Zealand. No, thank
2: you. No, keep keep killing it, guys. It's um pretty pretty incredible what you've done. I think what is it? Four episodes in. Yeah. You guys are in. serious naturals like. That. <laughs> no, seriously. When I when I heard the first one, I was like, wow, these guys sound good.
0: Like. <laughs> have they been doing it what was the edit? The edit was a clap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I got. No. Clap, <laughs> yeah.
1: We, we discovered the um, the power of clapping in the process of editing, so it was just oh, like, yeah, yeah, each time and for some reason we just found it so funny. So, between segments, we've been looking at each other like ready yeah. to clap. Like. It's a lot easier,
0: definitely having a guest on, though. You yeah. can kinda yeah. bounce off each other a bit better yeah, for sure. Whereas, when it's yeah, just the two of us, you kind of thinking about what's yeah. next, yeah. 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 like we've already talked about everything especially. tour,
1: especially a guest that you know as well, like. Prior to actually clicking record tonight, we're setting up. We're like, "What do you reckon about this?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even even utilising your phone to film. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, it's awesome. Love it. I've actually actually I've got a question for you guys. Um, so, say you've started the podcast in yeah. a year's time, everything goes perfectly. What what does it look like? What does the picture of the podcast world look like for you guys? You know, who are you interviewing? You know, are you, is it your full time gig? Where would you love it to take it?
0: Oh, let go I'd like to get involved with like a mental health charity, where if we had some kind of income, whether it be merch or just whatever, have joined them, get a bit of percentage go towards that, um, be, up, be keen to get on a few mental health people, that's mm. epic.
1: Yeah, that's sick. I think um, personal growth, just like, as long as we're enjoying what we're doing and talking to some interesting people, like, we're always going to be passionate and being passionate about something you're going to be good at, So yeah, or, for sure. or getting better at least. Yeah, <laughs> look out. Yeah, sick. I awesome. no, appreciate it. No, thanks, guys. On. Thank you. And that's it for episode four. Thanks, guys, for sticking around if you're still here. We uh, greatly appreciate all the support. Um, if you're happy to jump on, rate and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and um, share it around on Insta as well. We love you. Cheers.